so there's not a ton of data because we just started monetizing it in August. Um, basically, the, the things driving expansion are one, super high intent leads that convert down the funnel really fast to my own personal brand and sort of the content that we're putting out there that is just like really good thought leadership that also helps their buyers go through the sales cycle faster and more confidently. Uh, and then three, the growth of the traffic on the actual website. If I were to guess, um, probably, you know, annualize, it's probably like a negative 30 or 40% net, net revenue churn. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We've got to grow faster. Minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. We want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Phil Strazula. He is a finance nerd turned entrepreneur. Now, Phil started investing in the stock market when he was 12, but set his sights on starting a company after an internship at a two-person company during college. After graduating from NYU, he began his career working in venture capital at Bessemer before getting his MBA at Harvard. He's a self-taught programmer who started two bootstrap technology companies and now spends most of his time working on Select Software, a site dedicated to writing in-depth and unbiased reviews of business software. Phil, you ready to take us to the top? Let's do it. All right. Now, this is telling. An ex-Bessemer guy has now bootstrapped two tech companies. So <laughs> so the secret's out. The, 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 the way to build a company is to bootstrap, not raise VC, huh? Um, so I think there's like two sort of conflicting things here. One is expected value. The other is what you are. Are you more of a king or are you more somebody who wants to get rich? I think the expected value, probably the highest expected value is working in venture then it's probably working at Google, and then it's probably starting a venture-backed business that has the potential for a unicorn outcome. Um, But for me, the thing that sort of resonates, the thing that gets me up in the morning is being a little bit of a king, you know, having the ability to do the stuff that I want. And so I think that it's sort of the right path for me. And I think it's the right path also for 99.99% of businesses. There is like the basis point of businesses where it makes so much sense. You've got a huge market. You can have a high return on capital into sales and marketing, et cetera. But for most businesses, it makes absolutely no sense to raise venture. Okay. So put, you know, help us flesh out your timeline. So when did you leave VC and did you go directly into select software from Bessemer? No. So I worked at Bessemer until 2012, went to HBS, taught myself how to program, graduated in 2014, started a business called Next Wave Hire, which is a small HR tech SaaS business, um, you know, really bootstrapped, high retention, profitable, 
but super small company. Hired a GM to run that business about a year ago. Okay. Uh, and so I had a lot of extra time, had the startup itch. I love to learn. I love to teach. And a gap in the market that I saw is that most HR teams are not super well equipped to buy software. And if you look at the current online resources, like the sort of Yelp for software businesses, there's not a lot of signal there. Um, and I kind of first learned that actually investing and trying to use those online reviews to due diligence and just realize there's there's nothing there that's of value. Yep. So so let's compare what your thesis is, thesis is for select software reviews to something that more people might know, which is you know, you know, G2, right? So what are you doing differently than what someone could usually use a G2 crowd for? Yeah. So if you if you look at G2 crowd, the vast majority of reviews on there are extremely positive. So another similar example is uh, Captera. It's just like G2, right? Um, last week I was on Captera and I looked at the applicant tracking system page. The first 200 vendors have a four star and above rating. So if I'm a head of HR and I go on that page, it's like, okay, am I going to look at 200 vendors to choose the right applicant tracking system? What does it even mean to have high ratings? Like, well, how does that happen? And the reality of how that happens is that the head of marketing and all these different vendors pays their customers to leave reviews when they have a positive interaction with their software, which they should do, right? It's like totally aligned with their incentives. But for the practitioner, for the person actually buying software, it doesn't help you in your process. Mm-hmm. So, so pull forward. So do you envision three years from now, select software reviews, someone comes to here and you will basically be the source of truth and say, if you're hiring for HR tech, you should go use this platform. It's the only one with a five-star review. Everyone else is two, three, one. Like, like, are you going to give a definitive answer when people visit the website? I don't think there is a definitive answer. It's kind of like nerd wallet, right? It's like there are thousands if you want to have no fee on your international transactions or you want to have luxury travel benefits, et cetera, there's a different card for different people. Just like there's a different set of HR technologies for different types of companies. You might be looking for female engineers versus people to fill a call center. Uh, and so for me, I'm just trying to give people the right tool set to better find and vet and buy the software that's good for their business. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what's the monetization plan? Monetization is typical CPC um, sort of engine. It's very similar to Google. So we kind of have these like organic results, which is like in a given category, I've done the research and I've identified maybe 10 or 15 vendors that I view are the best. And those are sort of like the organic ones that belong in that category. And then within that subset, there are a couple companies that are willing to pay for a trackable link back to their website, for a better call to action, for a... traffic to be driven to a landing page versus their homepage. And that's how I make money in it. And I charge on a cost per click basis. Okay. And do you have paying customers today? Or are you pre-revenue? Yeah, paying customers as of August. So oh, I started congrats. working on this last year and then in August kind of turned on the monetization. Okay. Um, so tell us how you got the first customer. That's always interesting. So I've been building my personal brand in the HR space for a while. I do a weekly video series called Whiteboard Wednesdays. I got the whiteboard in the background. <laughs> Um, so basically I do like a two minute video on like something you probably don't know, but should, if you're an HR leader. And so when I go to a conference, people are like, Hey, you're like the LinkedIn guy, right? Um, you probably get the same thing. Like you walk around and, and people are like, Hey, Laka, what's up, dude? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so the first couple companies actually came to me and they're like, Hey, Phil, like we're trying to, you know, get more demand for our HR chatbot or ATS or whatever. 
can you help us? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, let's do the CPC thing. And I actually did a couple different iterations of the revenue model. I did like, you know, some sponsored videos and like mini conferences and stuff like that. And I just realized that the CPC is like the thing that scales and the thing that is really easy to track from an ROI perspective for these demand gen teams that just look at, you know, we're paying X per MQL per SQL per, you know, dollar of new ACV. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So this makes sense. So who can you share who was the first paying customer? Um, I honestly don't even remember. Okay. (laughs) Well, let's skip that then. How many customers are you working with now today? So now we've Got about two dozen okay. customers. Yeah. And they, I mean, is this model out like a SaaS platform? Is it pretty consistent what they pay you every month? It is fairly consistent. Uh, it's not straight SaaS because it's per click. And so my business is a little bit dependent upon the three to four Google updates that happen every single day. Um, which is one of the bad things like Halloween night, like my traffic sort of like dropped off a cliff, right? And there, there's nothing really you can do about that. Um, and if I have less traffic, that means less clicks and, and therefore less revenue. However, if you look at it over longer stretches of time, it is very consistent. And what's really nice is that the churn is very, very negative. Um, and that's mostly a function of it being sort of a new marketplace where your CPC, your CPA is much lower relative to AdWords, LinkedIn, Captera, G2, sort of all the best alternatives. So, so what is an average customer, right, on a CPC basis paying you per month uh, for the clicks you're driving them? Uh, it's about 500 bucks a month. Okay, fair average. enough. Good, good, good. So, I mean, can I back, can I take the 500 times a 24 to kind of back into your revenue? Yeah, that okay. will overstate it slightly, but it's pretty darn close. Okay, so, I mean, that, that would put you, I mean, I think that's at, what, $112,000 a month, something like that? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Right. okay, cool. So, so let's dive a bit more into how you're doing this, right? So all the other sites in terms of driving growth, whether it's finances online, what, I mean, you know, all the, you know, all the players in the space, right? There's, hundreds, yeah. There's tons. Um, it's always an SEO play. Okay. When I look at your SEO play, according to Ahrefs, you, you really dominate for some critical terms, employee rewards programs, best ATS, uh, employee recognition companies, right? Talent acquisition software, all of which drive you between, you know, 20 and a hundred kind of clicks per day or per month. Right. So uh, is that, is that, the, is that how you've chosen to go about this is you're essentially going to take critical keywords that you're best known for dominate that, that search on Google. And then that'll be your beachhead into the space. Yeah, exactly. That's sort of the best way to do it. Uh, because you need to get somebody right at the moment where they have super high intent and that there's only like a two week window for a given piece of software. So let's say like I'm the head of HR and I buy a new ATS every five years. There's two weeks in that five year period where somebody's going to actually convert. And so it's kind of akin to like the Geico marketing. So like if you're Geico, like you can do all these wacky ads and like try to build a brand in people's heads, but that takes hundreds of millions of dollars. And so like, what do you do if you're just starting out? You got to dominate your niche. Um, which of course I think is like Ahrefs uh, tagline is like dominate your niche for, for search or something like that. So how, how do you rank for these keywords though, right? So like your domain authority is you're new. So it's only 35. I, I feel like someone like G2 or someone else, if they wanted to destroy you for this keyword, they would just launch a landing page specific to this keyword. That's the crazy thing. So I am actually beating them on lots of relevant queries and they are targeting the same exact queries. And there's basically only one explanation for that because as you point out, my domain authority is like a 35 and theirs is like in the 70s and it's logarithmic. So they're literally like 100,000 times higher authoritative than I am. 
Um, so the only explanation for this is the quality of the content. So I spend a tremendous amount of time to truly do in-depth unbiased research that helps people. And so when they go to those pages, their average time on a page like that is like 15 minutes, yep. which is kind of insane. Uh, and so because I'm serving up the best content, Google, as well as, you know, DuckDuckGo and like sort of these emerging search engines are all ranking me very, very highly for these queries. Yeah. And just to be clear, I mean, it, you it, you can tell your landing page for employee recognition, rewards recognition um, is not kind of auto generate, right? A lot of the, the other co- companies, they auto generate thousands of landing pages based off keywords yeah. per month. But you can tell like you've got bonusly, kazoo, motivosity, snappy. And then, but you, when you scroll down under all of these, there's kind of bullets on the benefits and the rewards and what you should expect from a pricing perspective, because you've like done that research, right? right. So h- how do you scale that across multiple keywords to go build a, you know, a, Fifty, hundred thousand dollar a month company quicker. That's one of the things that I'm grappling with right now. Um, so think about the timeline of this business. I, I basically started about a year ago, started working on it full time last summer, and right now it's it's essentially myself and then some contractors doing stuff that is very easy to automate. I've tried to get domain experts to like write stuff. Um, I've spent a, actually a decent amount of money getting various people to write up these landscapes, and what I found is the quality is really low. Like there's very few people that have domain expertise that can write, that can explain things. And so that is, that is like the key question, right? Like how do I scale this beyond sort of my best efforts? And to be quite frank, like I haven't figured out that formula over time, you know, that becomes like a barrier to entry. Um, assuming this is a, an interesting enough niche for other people to try to compete with me against. Um, but it is really, really hard to, develop that content, especially in an unbiased way. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so you have 11 folks on your expert council, right? Martin Burns, Chris Skaggs, and that Carol, some other folks. Are, are these your writers? You've essentially hand created your writers. You say, Hey, I'll put your face on the website. If you write some of this great content for me. Um, I've actually written everything. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. So they are, and to be quite honest, I got to update that page, but th- there's like a bunch of people who I ping and I'm like, Hey, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? And it could be a tool. It could be the way that I'm thinking about the return on investment for a category just to get their advice. There's like a, a 1% sort of, of HR leaders who I look to for their advice to make sure that I am putting together content that I feel good standing behind. Mm-hmm. Okay. That all makes good sense. Now uh, you're doing 12,000 ish a month today in revenue. Where were you a year ago? Zero. I was zero. Yeah. 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 Okay, good. So 12,000 and then flesh out your team for me today. Is it just you or you have a developer? What's the team look like? No. So I'm a, I'm a full stack engineer as well. Um, It's essentially me plus a ragtag crew of contractors that are helping out with various things that I've sort of like automated for, for a better, uh, for lack of a better way to put it. Yep. These companies that have started paying you at least something for the past couple of months, you said the, the, the net churn is really negative. Another way to say that is that they've expanded every single month. You're driving them more clicks. They're paying you more cost per click. So, so what has expansion been like month over month or, or if you, I don't know if you have a year of history yet, but what's expansion like? Um, so there's not a ton of data because we just started monetizing it in August. Um, basically the, the things driving expansion are one super high intent leads that convert down the funnel really fast to my own personal brand and sort of the content that we're putting out there that is just like really good thought leadership that also helps their buyers go through the sales cycle faster and more confidently. Uh, And then three, the growth of the traffic on the actual website. If I were to guess, um, probably, you know, annualize, it's probably like a negative 30 or 40% net revenue churn. 
Yep. And now have you bootstrapped this or did you decide to raise? Yep. Uh, it's totally bootstrapped. No intention to raise money. Um, I've, you know, got some cash that I've made from investing as well as doing some advisory work. And so I'm using that to, to fund the business and I guess my lifestyle. Guys, there you have it. XVC now bootstrapping. I love it. He's fully converted. Phil, let's wrap up here with the famous five. <laughs> no, number one, what's your favorite business book? You know, I hate to be cliched. I think it's the snowball, uh, the Warren Buffett biography. It's like somewhat authentic and it just like gives you a lot of insight into the brain of somebody who has become amazingly successful. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? So I know you just released that interview with Chris Savage. He's somebody I look up to, especially being a local Boston guy. Um, Jason Friedman from Basecamp also said something super interesting the other day about not tracking metrics. Uh, and actually Chris had something similar. You asked him like, what is your revenue at the beginning of this year? And he was like, I don't know. Uh, and I think that's really interesting because Chris is like an amazingly smart guy and he's like a very sophisticated operator. He doesn't know for a reason. And that's because like he's focused on building a brand and an amazing product. And I think coming from the VC world, it's hard to let go of that stuff, but it's very interesting for your mental health and your focus as an entrepreneur to not think about those metrics. Yep. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building the company? So I, I came across this business called Focusmate um, that basically matches you up with another person working remotely. So when I work remotely from home or wherever, it matches you up for 50 minutes with somebody else. Usually they're like a PhD or something. You spend the first 30 seconds being like, what are you going to get done? You work, you're on video, you're on microphone. The last 30 seconds you say, what did you get done? And it's like a really weird hack that uh, allows you to be amazingly productive for 50 minutes. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, very good. Number four, how many hours of sleep are you getting every night? Eight and a half. That's good. And situation, married, single kids? Girlfriend. Girl. Okay, good. So not married, no kiddos. And how old are you? 34. 34. Last question. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Uh, I think just that it's going to be okay. You know, like I think most like high achieving people have a lot of worries about what the future holds. And it's like, hey, man, it, it all works out. You know, like you got... I got laid off my first job out of college in the recession and I thought my life was over. Um, it wasn't over. You know, I, I came back, got the job at Bessemer, went to HBS, blah, blah, blah. Guys, there you have it. Phil, select software reviews, serving 24 customers that pay them on a CPC basis, but it's pretty consistent, doing about $12,000 a month right now. Just launched last year prior to that, HBS prior to that, Bessemer, but he's bootstrapping this company. Ironic, but I like it. Uh, launched uh, launched full-time really in 2019, hoping to scale nicely as he focuses on critical keywords that also associate directly back with his brand. Phil, thank you for taking us to the top. Thanks.